0: the money show shapeshifters so third shapeshifter is fazam Essani. fazam is the co-founder and chief executive at valor.com which is a cryptocurrency trading platform before we go and do the deep delve into life love and everything else fazam uh, it's been an extraordinary couple of weeks for the cryptocurrencies uh, which have uh, rebounded
1: quite strongly it has indeed We have a bitcoin trading above seven hundred thousand rand again um and as you said has rebounded quite a lot after quite a significant dip uh, a few months ago so uh, things are things are looking good (laughs) how big is valor.com so we currently it depends on how you measure that we're one of the largest bitcoin trading platforms in south africa some day the largest other days not so we our main competitor uh we kind of share about 95 percent of the south african market with our main competitor we've done about 60 billion rand of trading volume uh, in the past two years since we started trading so that's just to give you a, a kind of a quantum when you ask us how big and we trade anywhere between depending on the day uh, um anywhere from maybe 150 million Rand a day and some some days towards a billion Rand a day of trading. So uh, that's that's kind of the, the high level numbers. We're still a pretty small team. We've got about 35 to 40 people in the team. So we, we, we like to keep it, uh, you know, not, not bigger than it needs to be, but enough to make sure that our service is uh, as good as it can be. And uh, we try to use technology as much as we can to make sure that we automate as much as we can get rid of human error where we can so so it's so we, we're cozy but we have big aspirations So, i am interested in how you got here
0: you've got a very interesting backstory fazam tell us a little bit of history where's fazam
1: born i was born in los angeles uh, california <laughs> Um I, I do you want the, more history than that?
0: One word answers are very good if you're filling in a form for home affairs. Um but if you're having a conversation, a little tale. String it together, Los yeah. Angeles to Kenya, back to Los Angeles if a memory serves, and wow, somehow cool. you end up back here.
1: Sounds good. So yeah, uh originally from Iran actually, um and then uh, I'm a Baha'i, that's, that's my religion, and there's a lot of persecution in Iran. And due to that, my family left Iran and uh, my immediate family went to Kenya, my grandparents went to uh, California. So I was born in Los Angeles, born in the summer when we were visiting. I grew up in Kenya, uh, spent a year as a gardener after high school in Israel at the Baha'i World Center, studied economics at the University of California in Berkeley, uh, started at Deloitte Consulting in San Francisco. Then I missed Africa tremendously and thought, I really love consulting and solving problems, but I missed the continent. So I came back, uh, and at the time, McKinsey was the preeminent consulting firm around. There have been some niggles, obviously, since then. But uh, the only office that McKinsey had at the time was in Johannesburg, South Africa. So applied and got accepted, and that's what brought me here to South Africa in 2006. Spent about five years at McKinsey and left in 2011. And then took uh, a few months off, kind of thinking about what I wanted to do. And at the time, you know, all the the Greek debt cri- debt crisis was in full effect. All the headlines in the news was all about the financial system, and and we were just kind of reeling from the uh, global financial crisis. And so I felt, gosh, you know, this this financial system of ours feels a little bit off tilt. Uh, let me try to understand it better. And so. I decided to kind of get into the belly of the beast, so to speak, and I joined RMB, the investment bank here, um, on the Class of program, which allowed me to really explore various facets of the bank. It's a wonderful program. Um,
0: explain think- that program, please. People often refer to it, sure. for example, we don't always have the time to go through it. I mean this is like, I don't know, an in-house MBA uh, on-job MBA
1: sort of program, isn't it? It is, but with with no structure. So the, the opportunity is there for you to forge and make of it what you would like. It's, it's a, quite a, a grueling interview process, three three interviews, the final interview with the board at RMB. And then once you're in, they basically open the doors to the bank and they say, do whatever you want. And so you have to kind of chart your path and your territory. And so some people take advantage of that and some people don't. I. I I like to think i really took as much advantage as possible and i spent time in the global markets area on the trading floor the group treasury understanding funding and capital leverage finance private equity credit you know understanding credit markets so it's a, it's a program where the likes of michael Jordan have been on there um, herman bossman who you've had on your show uh, went through that program so it was a wonderful program uh, and i learned a lot from it very grateful for that program actually to uh, so post that and program. Yeah, you you end up then being made
0: head yeah. of cryptocurrency for RAB. Was it just you and a laptop, or was it quite substantial? How serious were they about this newfangled idea?
1: No, they just gave me a cell phone, no laptop, uh, Bruce. No, I was joking. <laughs> they, they, uh, they, at the beginning, 2016 is when I was appointed to that role. I helped set up the uh, the foundry, which is the fintech unit for RMB. Uh, and a little bit earlier, 2015-ish, 2014, 2015, I had written to the leaders of the bank saying, you know, what are we doing about Bitcoin and, and blockchain? And the response that came back is, you know, well, Bitcoin—that's drug money. We don't touch that stuff. You know, better not to even mention it in emails, type of thing. Um, and then blockchain—what is that? And this is before kind of the. The Economist ran a cover story on it. And before the term blockchain meant anything to anyone. Uh, but as you know, soon after that, people started talking about it a lot. And so I kind of said I would help um, start that fintech unit. But with the condition that I, that I ran the blockchain work and the cryptocurrency work, and, and RMB was very gracious and, and allowed me to do that. And so we set up things like the South African Financial Blockchain Consortium and we brought about 55 financial institutions together, including the regulators. And it was really at the time just an opportunity for people to talk about, you know, what is this stuff? What is DLT, distributed ledger technology? What is blockchain? What is Bitcoin? And there were, I mean, a lot of people in the room during those sessions with such a divergent level of understanding of the technology or or even our current monetary system. So it was very exciting, Um, but then we, um, uh, you know, it kind of got to the end of the rope at that stage. Uh, We wanted to launch a few things, and there wasn't appetite, and that's where we left to start uh, Valor.com, and I say we because it was myself and my co-founders, and that was in 2018. I left uh, uh, at the end of March 2018, and and it's uh, been with Valor ever since. That's a little bit of the of the backstory. No, no, it's a, it, it's a really nice synopsis, but did you take a team
0: with you? I mean, I just look at the amount of talent that's walked out of the doors at F&B over the years and Bank Zero recently launched as people went, well, you know, we can do things differently. Um, and then you left and I'm assuming you took a team or took at least one other person with you and created uh, Valid.com. Um, what is the problem within co- corporate? Now, don't suggest that this is, for a moment, an RMB problem. But I think it's a, it's a corporate problem, perhaps generally.
1: Yeah, so I, I did leave with a few people. So I left with the three others. So there were four co-founders of Valor altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think RMB necessarily did anything wrong. It's just that when you become a large corporate, you oftentimes start defending your business rather than looking at the future and where you can grow into opportunities. And I think that's exactly where r and found itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so they didn't want to put their current business at risk. Uh, or, and also, to be fair to them, this was 20, you know, beginning of 2018. It was still very early days. And people didn't really understand the crypto space. They didn't understand Bitcoin. The regulations were still very murky. And so, um, you know, the message at the time was that there are other priorities. Uh, my, my message was I res, you know, respect that, but please re- respect that I also have my own priorities. And, and so we left on very good terms. So I, I think that's the main story there. Nothing uh, egregious or anything like that. No, no scandal, so to speak, to report on. Right <laughs> but, oh, well. <laughs> well, that's a pity. <laughs> but, um, but I think that's a story that is changing now because you'll see that there are a lot of financial institutions and we're engaging with many of them right now, uh, that are now starting to start to see that crypto and the future of our monetary system, uh, is, is clearly going to take a different trajectory to what, to what many people thought in the last few years, particularly with monetary policy changing, uh, you know, in the United States and around the world. So, um, so yeah, so it's, 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 uh, It's been a good ride and I mean, I can share a little bit more about Valor as well, if, you, if you'd like. No, we to, get, you we, we're, getting it. To, we're getting to Valor in a moment. Patience, Fazam. Patience. <laughs> this is a life yes, story. Sir.
0: This is, um, I'm peeling an onion. We just hope this onion doesn't beat any tears. Fazam Sani, the co-founder and chief executive at Valor.com. Um, and it's a fundamentally new kind of business in South Africa. What is it about South Africa that is an attractive startup place for a place like Valor.com? how much damage was done uh, by the youngsters who disappeared with, allegedly, millions and if not billions of rand. We'll pick up on that in just a second Fazam Zameh the co-founder and chief executive at Vala.com. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. So four people walk out of a bank because they're not finding the opportunity that they need for a brand new technology, for excitement, for um, a shape-shifting industry and they start their own business it's called valor.com uh today it's doing billions of rand every year in cryptocurrency transactions and you might even be a customer fazam is the co-founder so when four people walk out of secure employment out of a bank with all of its perks and benefits and everything else where do you find the money and the expertise to build something that very few people have ever built before which is a trading platform for
1: a world of cryptocurrencies, of which there are thousands? I think that was the scariest part, Bruce, because um, I remember thinking often and, and kind of feeling it more than thinking it about kind of the, the fear associated with leaving a very stable job and kind of uh, entering this abyss where your success is, uh, is, is far from unknown. In fact, odds are very much against you. Um, and so I was lucky to have a few contacts. We chatted to Michael Jordan, who was our seed investor. Um, and one of my co-founders had also been speaking to one of the largest exchanges in the world, Bittrex, uh, out of the United States. And so between uh, the, the two of them, initially, we were able to to raise about 20 million Rand. Um, and so that kind of gave us our footing. Now. It, it, it that sounds as I say that that sounds kind of smooth. It wasn't smooth. Uh, <laughs> you you do take out your your steps out of the bank, and it probably took us uh, about three months to secure that money altogether. And so, you know, just a small anecdote, Bruce. I remember I had to give a talk to about 150 people um, about Valor, and, and I was feeling particularly down that day because I didn't know if uh, the money was going to come through or not and what the future would be. And, and so you had to kind of put this brave face on and, and give this grand vision. Um, but I think that's kind of what the life of an entrepreneur is. You have the ups and the downs, and you feel elated or, and depressed. And, and it's, uh, the early days were, were very much like that. It has thankfully stabilized. Um, but it is a, a big risk. It takes a lot of courage, but I'm very glad we did it.
0: I mean, after that seed funding of 20 million Rand, have you been through additional rounds of funding? Have you had to raise further capital?
1: We have. We raised uh, in July 2020 um, an, an extra 57 million Rand. So, altogether, we've raised, uh, and actually, even a little bit more uh, than that uh, in between. So, we've raised about 79 million Rand in total. Um, glad to report we are a profitable business. Uh, we have hey. been. So for uh, for probably about a over a year now, which is which is wonderful to report. Um, and actually, I haven't really been public about this, but thinking about raising another round. So if there are investors, listening, <laughs> they should get in. What are they going to
0: get? What are they going to get for their investment? I mean, what's the big ambition? Why do you need more capital if you are up and running? You've got thousands of clients who are trading billions of of
1: rands with the cryptocurrency. Why do you need more capital? What do you want to do? Very simple. It's just a matter of pace. So our strategy is uh, is uh, is consistent. But the amount of capital you have allows you to accelerate uh, and speed up. And we believe that right now, there's a huge opportunity in the crypto space. I think people don't realize just how quickly the world is changing. And, you know, it's it was just, I mean, a short time ago that people were We're laughing at Bitcoin because it was crashing from twenty thousand dollars, Bruce. You know, and now you know we're we're trading close to fifty thousand U.S. dollars per Bitcoin, and I think that it's still the most undervalued uh, asset class around. So we we don't think this. We think this story is just starting still, and so it's a matter of uh, acceleration of pace. We are now looking at international jurisdictions. We're looking at growing our team. We're looking at. uh, Uh, putting some very exciting new products and services uh, in addition to some that we've already launched, which we'll we'll come to hopefully. Um, So that's kind of the main thing, which is just the the strategy is the same, but how fast we can execute is also a function of how much capital we have. Uh, When you look at a business like this, why did you start here? I mean, you would have
0: citizenship, U.S. citizenship, you would have Kenyan citizenship. You chose to start it
1: here. Why? So I think it was just my, by virtue of me being in South Africa. So that was the first thing. I was in South Africa, fell in love with the country, decided to leave McKinsey and then you know did with the subsequent things that I mentioned. And then um we also saw a gap in the market, you know, in there were a couple of people in the space. Uh, we felt that the pricing was off. We felt we could do much better, we could bring in more assets. So we, we for example, I think at the time There were 20 crypto assets across all trading platforms in South Africa. Uh, At our time of launch, we came in with 50 crypto assets, and now we're trading over 60 crypto assets on the platform. And so, it's the easiest way to get access to all of these cryptos using ZAR. You can use, uh, you know, buy, get some rand onto the platform, and then buy any one of these 60 directly with rand. And that wasn't possible uh, before. Actually, it's still not possible. We're the only platform that does that that amount. And then we did some innovative things, which is um, we introduced things like negative fees, uh, Bruce. Uh, and so many people look at the financial world and they're used to kind of getting ripped off, if I can be honest about it. But we thought, let's actually share our value here. And so we said, we need liquidity on this platform. How do we attract liquidity? Let's create the incentives, make sure that they're right. And so for market makers, people that bring liquidity to the platform, we paid them and we still do pay them. And so we have uh, in addition to that that uh, what's called a maker fee we have a great rewards program but we've paid out over 50 million rand uh, and this isn't in points this is in <laughs> cash and cash. crypto right this is this is real stuff uh, not just you know some some liability on that, that that's kind of you don't have, you can't do much with it and so that that that, that strategy has worked out very well for us. you know. So we felt that if we can share the value that we create with our customers, um, we think we'll have a shot at it. So this is now about 150,000 customers later, as I said, about 60 billion Rand of trading later, um, and it's worked very well. Uh, and so on that basis, we also felt that we could help improve some of the things that we feel aren't so good in South Africa mm-hmm. still. So we recently introduced about our arbitrage, uh, which is a product that helps people take advantage of kind of the capital controls in South Africa. And so, yeah,
0: and for, for some, there's so much to talk about. There really is. But I just wonder if the dream of so many fintech startups is uh, to basically go back to their employers one day and sell what they've built back to them. And try not to say, well, I told you so, now you're going to have to pay me hundreds of millions rather than just the millions you might have paid me over this period of time. Um, and thanks very much for playing. Is, is that the big game ultimately in terms of creating something brand new in a frontier,
1: brand new industry? I think for many it may be, but not for us. Um, I think what really drives us, Bruce, is a real desire to serve humanity not just South Africans, but humanity. And the reason I say that is the financial system right now, and particularly in South Africa, I remember coming to South Africa and and, and learning that I had to pay my bank to bank with them. And this was a totally <laughs> foreign concept. And I thought, this is craziness. So so I felt that there's been a lot of... And listen, I was a beneficiary. I had a big fat salary at the bank. Um, I was a beneficiary of those fees. But I felt that that the financial system was leeching from humanity and so our 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 purpose with building valor is to say we would love to build a financial system that recognizes the oneness of the human race that makes things more efficient that serves people well and we feel that there's an incredible amount of opportunity because of the failings of the current financial system so this is not a story about, you know, let's get rich quick and do a startup and sell it for billions. And listen, we're not, a, we're not allergic to money. It would be wonderful to be wealthy. But the, the overarching plan here is to serve people well at the right price point with amazing service. And we think if we get that right, then we'll, we'll, we'll continue our success. But that's, that's, the, that's the dream. It's, it's not to sell it for a huge valuation back to someone. Um, yeah. No, I look forward to the journey. Thank you, Fasan Sadi, co-founder, chief
0: executive at vala.com.